Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here going solo today and debuting a new type of show that I want to do over the next few weeks. Three big stats. And today's episode going to lead with Dante DiVincenzo. Who else? He's the newest Nick. I went into the stats and I wanted to find what he's going to bring to the Knicks. And it's a lot of three-point shooting. I'm going to have some great stats about the three-point shooting about his consistency, and about how he could fit into pretty much any lineup right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks, and I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube, I appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And I'm going solo today. Gavin's off today. So I am going to talk about Dante DiVincenzo because it seems like everybody still wants to hear about this guy. And I think it makes sense why, right? He's... The, Probably going to be the premier free agent acquisition for the Knicks this offseason. TBD on if there's going to be a trade acquisition, you know, that the Knicks end up getting before the end of the summer. But as of right now, if the season were to start today, he's he's the big addition going into next year. So I think it's important to understand what he can bring to the team. And I think Gavin and I have kind of talked about this at length, but it's fully my opinion that what you're getting out of him is a lot of shooting and good defense and just sort of an intangibly good player. And I think that the stats bear that out. I went in and I was like, I was kind of trying to look for what the negatives are with DiVincenzo. And I had a really hard time. If I'm being completely honest, there's very few things that stand out as far as this guy, not being a productive player. And so this is actually, and maybe this is a little, little, you know, Nick's colored glasses on, little Homer uh, takes here, but this is going to be a pretty positive episode, all in all, because he's he's a really good player. Let's let's hop right into it, right? Uh, he's shoot. He shot last year forty two percent on corner threes. That was the sixty third percentile for wings. That would have placed him third on the Knicks last year, behind uh, Jalen Brunson and Quentin Grimes. I'm leaving Josh Hart off of this list just because he had a really small sample size. And obviously, as we saw in the playoffs, was not quite the shooter that he was in his handful of games for the Knicks uh, prior to the postseason. So I feel comfortable kind of throwing that out. But if you want to get technical about it, he he technically shot worse than Hart did just on the Knicks last year uh, from that spot. And then on non-corner threes, DiVincenzo shot 40%. That was in the 78th percentile for wings. These numbers are all per cleaning the glass. That puts him second on the Knicks behind only Jalen Brunson. And he shot 40% on all of his threes, which is good for 75th percentile 
among wings, and that is second on the Knicks again, only behind Jalen Brunson. Uh, I also thought that it was interesting that 67% of his shots were threes and only 13% were from mid-range. Uh, it was a similar percentage uh, from from uh, at the rim, which you want to hopefully see go up, you know, with him cutting more or, you know, attacking off the dribble a little more on the perimeter. But in a nutshell, this guy shoots threes and he plays pretty good defense. And I'll get into some lineup data in a little bit, but he tends to be an overwhelming positive when he's on the floor. Uh, I thought I would pull some of the some of the Knicks overall stats here because I thought this was a little interesting as well. So again, he shot 42% on corner threes. The Knicks as a team shot 38.1% on corner threes. That was 17th in the NBA last year. Then he shot 40% on non-corner threes again. The Knicks as a whole shot 34.8% on non-corner threes. That was 21st in the NBA. And then one more time, 40% overall on threes this past year. And the Knicks as a whole shot 35.8% on all threes. And that was 21st in the NBA. So this is where I I think with DiVincenzo, the second that he steps on a floor for the Knicks, he is going to make them a better shooting basketball team. Now, what units he's going to be playing with, I don't know. Uh, nobody's going to know until we start seeing you know, well, first we have to see what the final team is going to look like. Uh, you know, if the Knicks decide to sign another power forward, if they uh, ultimately make a big trade and that shakes things up in the lineup, whatever the case may be, you know, that things maybe aren't set just yet. But as of right now, if I were to fathom a guess, I think the, he's obviously going to be coming off the bench uh, unless he really has a great preseason or something and somehow supplants Quentin Grimes, but I don't really see that being super likely. I think it would be more likely that they'll want to pair him with Josh Hart because, you know, relationships matter and all that stuff. And, you know, he knows Josh Hart from Villanova already, obviously knows Jalen Brunson already as well. But I think those three will get a decent amount of playing time together, perhaps with Brunson being the first man out. And then, you know, Randall kind of carrying the offense through the first first quarter and then Brunson getting to come in with those two uh, other guys is, is two former Villanova teammates and them getting some run together. I don't know what the case is there, but that would be a pretty good guess for me. Uh, but he's probably also going to be playing with Emmanuel quickly with Josh Hart, uh, with maybe RJ Barrett as the backup four for stretches. And those three guys can all get inside pretty well. Like Josh Hart definitely has the ability, the ability to get inside definitely drives in transition uh, and wants to attack the rim pretty much at all times and clearly would prefer that to being a spot-up three-point shooter as we saw uh, late in the playoffs. And then Emmanuel quickly has the ability to get inside, I won't say quite at will, but pretty much at will. Ditto for R.J. Barrett. And both of them you know, have shown an interest in getting inside and feeding teammates on the perimeter. So in my opinion, that, that means that by getting DiVincenzo in there and giving him those opportunities with that unit, you're going to see him take a ton of threes and you're going to see him make a ton of threes. And that's just kind of his calling card at this point. Uh, I do want to though get into in the next segment, just how consistent he's been. Uh, Cause I think that that's going to be a key as well. I think that I pulled some stats uh, on some of the Knicks players and some of their young shooters uh, that had some kind of streaky months last year. And 
DiVincenzo didn't really do that. So I'm going to get into that in the next segment in just a moment. But first, I do have to remind you all that today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about Bird Dogs yet, but they are fantastic. I am kind of hooked, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I have a couple pairs of their shorts. I ordered another pair that I have coming on the way, uh, and I'm going on a little vacation to California next week and very much looking forward to wearing them there. That's because Bird Dog shorts, they, they're so comfortable, and they look really nice. Like, I got to say, I... You know, I, I've, I've worked pretty hard over over my years on this earth to keep myself in decent shape, uh, you know, and not fall prey to, you know, becoming overweight like I definitely would if I didn't exercise as much as I do. And bird dogs make me feel like that work pays off a little bit. They actually, you know, they kind of hug you, hug your curves nicely, which is a thing that can happen for guys, too. So if you want to look good, bird dogs are the way to go. But more importantly, they have four way stretch fabric and are moisture wicking. So if you're ever caught in a situation where you're like me and you're going to be sweating a bunch, don't have to worry about that downstairs. They even come with a, a lining on the inside for extra moisture dispersion. Uh, if that's, if that's a term uh, that I can use to describe them, but they're, they're just absolutely fantastic shorts. They're so comfortable. And honestly, I'm like always waiting for the second that they're done in the laundry so I can wear them again and uh, get some more use out of them. So if you want to get some for yourself, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA and enter pro promo or enter promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. It's pretty great too. I've been drinking my coffee out of it pretty much every morning. So definitely check that out as well. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I can definitely promise you that. All right, and I'm back in, continuing to talk about Dante DiVincenzo. And so I alluded to this at the end of the last segment. So obviously went through all those numbers, over 40% across the board, no matter where he's shooting threes. That's a great starting point. But one thing that I've noticed, and this has been a frustrating trend for the Knicks for years now, this isn't just with their current crop of guys, the three-point shooting is very streaky. Um, I quite frankly did not even bother pulling RJ Barrett for these numbers I'm about to share in a moment, but you know, we've seen him go through these stretches where he could barely make a three followed by shooting like 45% for a month. Uh, we've even seen Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel quickly do it though, where they go through stretches where they'll shoot 30% from three for a month and then, you know, kind of slowly work their way back up or just completely light on fire and shoot 45% for a month and then kind of come back to earth again. And we saw that sort of bite the Knicks in the playoffs again. You know, I feel like this offseason has been largely about fixing the deficiencies that the Knicks had with whatever resources they have at this moment, fix the deficiencies they had in the playoffs, particularly in that Heat series, obviously, where they, they had to bow out to the eventual Eastern Conference champions. And one of the biggest things was that they just didn't have consistent shooting, you know, whether it was... Julius Randle, who obviously was hurt, R.J. Barrett, who, to be clear, had a great playoffs and was doing most of his damage by getting inside and drawing fouls, but had very mixed bag results shooting the three. Uh, Quentin Grimes also had very mixed bag results. And, you know, we talk about how much he was able to stretch the floor, but unfortunately, he wasn't able to make as many as he wanted. And Emmanuel Quickly, who who kind of 
had the same problems where he just couldn't really hit shots. Josh Hart, obviously, as I said already, went super cold in the playoffs compared to the blistering production that he did for the Knicks during the regular season. So I think their biggest thing was like, we need to get more shooting. We need to have a consistent shooter. Well, I, I think they found one in Dante DiVincenzo. If you check through, so these I pulled from Basketball Reference. They have a, a great uh, split stats page that lets you sort. Well, it doesn't sort. They pre-sorted it for you. But lets you see how guys shot in different segments of the season. So it, it, sometimes it's pre-All-Star break, post-All-Star break. There's literally like, like days of the week, I think, they have in there. There's like all kinds of crazy stuff. But uh, the one thing they show is by month. And I thought that would be interesting to look at because, you know, the Knicks, again, have all these guys that, and, and, you know, maybe it could be written off to them being a pretty young team, but a lot of guys that aren't necessarily the most consistent uh, shooting the three. So let's see how consistent Dante DiVincenzo was. So three-point percentage by month last season. Uh, in October, he shot 33%, but that was only in three games. So I think you can write that off to a small sample size. November shoots 35%. December shoots 40.6%. January shoots 40.8%. February shoots 50%. March, not quite sure what happened there, shot 29%. And then April shot 48%, but only on 23 attempts. Uh, I should note, February, when he shot 50%, that was on 80 attempts that month. So he made 40 out of 80 three-pointers, which is a pretty pretty significant sample size. Uh, this is a guy that took, I believe, like three to five maybe more like five uh, three-point attempts per game last year. Didn't pull that number of all the numbers that I did pull here. Let's see if I can find that real quick. DiVincenzo shot 5.3 three-point attempts per game this past year, which is a solid volume. So to do that and to hit 50% in an entire calendar month, pretty solid stuff. Uh, and that's much less variance, I think, than what you see from some of the other guys on the Knicks. So for example... Emmanuel quickly, I won't bother saying each month by name, but uh, he went 30 30%, 30%, 36%, 38%, 41%, 36%, 48% this past season from three. Grimes went 29%, throughout the whole season. And the Knicks as a whole went 34%, 31%, 36 35.5%, 37%, 37%, 37%. So in the end, I guess it all sort of evened out in its own special way for the Knicks. And yet, you sense that they have enough shooting talent that if you added one person that can consistently hit those, you know, those numbers every single month where he's shooting somewhere between 35 and 40%, if not higher, to a cast of guys that sometimes are a little streaky, but where guys can get hot. Emmanuel quickly will get hot for a month. Brunson was super consistent as well. Uh, so that's great. But like, you know, Grimes will get super hot for a month, whatever. Having a guy like DiVincenzo that can always go out there and hit three-pointers, I think is going to be really key for the Knicks. Uh, I also think uh, having someone that shoots as many threes as he does and seems pretty slump-proof and can supplement Jalen Brunson in that regard can only be a good thing because I think that Brunson was definitely a little overworked this past year uh, in the sense that he had to, especially in the playoffs, 
not only be the guy that created for everybody else, not only be the only source of offense, but also kind of had the burden on him of like, you're the only consistent shooter out there right now. Like you're the only guy. And I mean, you know, myself as a fan, I'm sure some of you listening as fans, you know, you were watching and he was one of the only guys that you would get that good feeling in your stomach about. Like when you would take a three, you'd say, okay, I think that's going to go in. And that's not something that I felt for pretty much anyone else on the Knicks throughout the postseason. Uh, and at times during the regular season, because it, Brunson was just the only guy that you could reliably count on to make those shots. The Vincenzo, I think, has put himself in that position where he is one of the more consistent guys in the entire NBA at this point, as far as month to month, game to game, attempt to attempt, being one of the better shooters that you can offer. And, and you know, our buddy Cyrus Satsas from uh, the Locked On Warriors podcast, when I talked to him, seem to echo those same sentiments. It seems like Warriors fans are super upset about losing DiVincenzo for some of those reasons exactly. So uh, I think that, again, it's really tough to look at this and be like, well, what negatives are there? Because I, I see so few for a guy in the role that DiVincenzo is going to fill for the Knicks. I think that in many ways he's going to be sort of a perfect fit. And if we're talking about perfect fits, he was also a perfect fit with one of the greatest cores in the history of the NBA this past season. And I want to highlight that in just a second as well. But I do have to real quick remind you all that today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. And whether you're dealing with decisions about your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. And I, I got to tell you, like, it's helpful learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It, it, and therapy could really empower you to be a better version of yourself. You know, I, I think a lot of times we think to ourselves, ah, I can handle it. You know, like, oh, life's pretty good right now. You know, things aren't getting me that now. And yet everybody's human. You know, everybody gets down sometimes. Everybody needs to be lifted up by someone. And sometimes you find that in, you know, your own circle of people, you know, your friends, your family, but sometimes you need to speak to someone that you can just fully open up to with no fear of judgment, no fear of repercussions. And also just, you know, to, to speak to someone who understands the brain and understands how to help you process different things. And that's where better health can come in and get you fixed up with a mental health professional. If you're thinking about starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash locked on mba all right and i am back in to continue talking dante DiVincenzo. and as i mentioned uh in in the last segment there uh there's some pretty great info about how dante DiVincenzo was a positive for the golden state warriors this past season uh, so here's just a, a couple stats here real quick. So of players that played at least 200 minutes with Golden State last year, Dante was the only non-starter with a positive on-off per basketball reference or regular non-starter. A guy 
that is other than the the preferred starting five of the Warriors. Let's put it that way. So their their preferred starting five uh, was of course Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. That's that's the five that they typically want to go with starting. And then they had Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, et cetera, et cetera, off the bench. So Dante, other than that core five that Golden State preferred to start, was the the only guy to put up a positive net rating, which you should consider too. He was mostly playing with those guys off the bench. So he elevated even his bench teammates that some of them had pretty ghastly on-off numbers on the Warriors. Um, you know, your Kamingas, even Jordan Poole, actually. I wonder if you're wondering why the Warriors sent him off for Chris Paul. They're a very analytics-forward team, and analytics did not love Jordan Poole's performance with the Golden State Warriors this year and the impact he brought to the floor. But DiVincenzo was sort of like the, the lone shining light in that bench unit. But also... And this this raised my eyebrows a little bit. The lineup of Stephen Curry, Dante DiVincenzo, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. So you just sub him in for uh, Andrew Wiggins there at that. At well, you sub him in at the two, and you move Clay to the three, which maybe doesn't sound that dissimilar to what the Knicks could potentially be looking to do at times with, uh, you know, Brunson and then bring in DiVincenzo for Grimes or RJ Barrett and play him with their starting lineup that works pretty well. I think uh, maybe the numbers don't always love, love the Knicks there. I think if he came in for RJ, maybe that would be the best because get it, get a lower usage player out there. But at any rate, him in there with the Warriors, big three plus Kevon Looney, uh, they got the second most reps of any Warriors lineup last year. And they were a whopping, 18.4 points better per 100 possessions. That is huge. That was also the second best lineup that the Warriors had uh, on their team. And one of their highest minute lineups, probably because they realized, hey, we've got a good thing going here. We should definitely take advantage of that. Maybe take some notes there, Tom Thibodeau. Uh, Although, in all fairness to Tips, he did do a better job this year than in past years. But uh, I, there was another important stat here that I think is important towards why he was such a good fit with those guys. Obviously, with offensive forces like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, albeit a little diminished at this point in his career, but you know those two being like your main two guys, Draymond Green handling some of the ball handling and stuff like that. So Dante had a fifteen point six percent usage last year per cleaning the glass, and that was just and i say this i say this actually positively that was just in the 40th percentile for wings i think for a player like dante divincenzo you don't want him to have a high usage you want a guy that you know is going to impact the game positively which the numbers suggest that he did that is not going to be demanding of the ball to make that happen it's sort of a similar reason to why I, I think I've voiced this on the pod a few times. But I've definitely said this like privately to people when I'm talking about, you know, potential Knicks deals or whatever. I think that if the Knicks look to make a deal for a big high usage star or whatever, if they get the option to include like RJ Barrett versus include like Emmanuel quickly, I think it makes a lot more sense to include an RJ Barrett because certain players just thrive with higher usage and 
RJ is one of those guys. Like if he's not getting a ton of usage, he's not good enough as just like a spot up shooter. He's not good enough as a standalone defender to really justify being out there unless he's having a, a particularly great shooting game or whatever, or a particularly great defensive game, which those are fewer and further between now uh, with him being more of a high usage offensive player. So, you know, I, I think that if you, if you try to trade for like a, I don't know, let's just use his name, even though I don't think it's going to happen. Like if you try to trade for like a Paul George type player, that's going to be high usage. It makes more sense to hold on to the quicklies and the grimes of the world than an RJ Barrett. If they're viewed as roughly the same value by a prospective team uh, for them. And for that same reason, I think Dante DiVincenzo is really good to be playing out there with guys like Jalen Brunson with Emmanuel quickly, even like you, you want to get if Quickly's coming off the bench and he's going to be running the offense, you want to get him more reps and you want to give him more opportunity to be the guy, the guy like stirring the pot, you know, with the, with the second unit there. And DiVincenzo is not going to take anything away from that because he's going to still be a lights out three point shooter He's going to affect the game positively, and he doesn't need a high usage percentage to make an impact. So I think that's why he slotted in so well with one of one of the best three-man tandems that we've ever seen in NBA history, quite frankly, with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. And I think that he could potentially bring that to the Knicks as well. So I think that's it. You know, a little, little shorter-ish episode for me today, but I just wanted to get into some of these stats, and I want to do some more of this. Uh, I want to talk about more of the players on the Knicks because it's always important to watch the games as well. But I think that there's a lot that can be gleaned from stats, especially once you already have the eye test understanding of what a player is to then get either some justification or, or or like, you know, some validation for what you see with your eyes or to use the stats to sort of inform you on maybe what your eyes were lying about about a certain player. Um, I think it's important. And so I want to do some more of these, these three stats episodes and there will be some more the rest of this week because I'm going to take the next two episodes after this one as well. So keep your eyes out for that. Keep your ears out for that. Uh, I'll see you on YouTube or uh, in your favorite podcast app the rest of the week, but until next time, thank you all for listening and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out. <laughs>